baby. Navigating surrogacy and donor IVF, a limited podcast series. Recorded and produced by Growing Families, Sam Everingham and Kerry Duncan. Welcome, everybody. We're delighted today to have with us Megan Kolodka. Megan's got a fascinating background. She's 35 years old, which I'm not sure we should actually disclose that, but we'll put that in there anyway. <laughs> and she was raised in Columbia in Canada. She lives and works in Sun Peaks, BC, and she's a yoga teacher. That's pretty amazing. A studio manager and personal trainer. She enjoys mountain biking, hiking, snowboarding, and going on adventures with her friends and family in her spare time, which I imagine is probably not a lot. Megan has two daughters, Zoe and Alia. She's a fierce ally of the LGBTQ community and wholeheartedly supports equal rights for all. She's had two healthy pregnancies in the past and thought, why not? How can I help someone and become a surrogate? So welcome, Megan. Would love to hear more about your story. Glad you can be here today. Thank you. Yeah, hi, Megan. A lot of people ask me this all the time about why do women decide to become surrogate to carry for someone else. What what encouraged you to, to, at the first, be interested in this? A very good friend of mine went through uh, several years of trying to get pregnant and failing. So watching her go through her infertility issues was was a huge motivator for me. I've always been fascinated by surrogacy. I thought it was just a very, very cool thing to do. And I went through both of my pregnancies and they were both fairly uncomplicated, easy, and I really enjoyed I really enjoyed being pregnant. And then just began to take it a little bit more seriously after I had my second daughter and started talking to my husband. And I actually got offered to uh, to carry for for this friend who was going to be the infertility, but she ended up finally uh, getting pregnant with IVF. So and I was like, well, I still still kind of want to do it. So I was connected with fertility consultant company and was matched up with with Mark and Damien and the rest is history. Yeah, wow. When you told your husband what you wanted to do, how did he react? <laughs> He's uh, he is generally supportive of all these big, big things that I want to do. But he's he's very much an overthinker. So he went through all the the very important questions of like we got to talk about what if you're on bed rest for weeks, for months, for what if something terrible happens? Like how how are me and the girls going to be? like supported and he he saw how passionate I was about this and I assured him that that as I would do everything I could to make it as smooth as possible and would make sure that the couple I was caring for or the lead to the parent I was caring for would be the right fit luckily it all worked out yeah and were there concerns that you had at the start as well were you worried about particular things I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong with pregnancy, like even from from the smallest thing to having heartburn all the time to yeah, yeah. you're like you could die. So it's it's I definitely went through all of that in my head, processed that with therapist and and Mike, who's my uh, my husband, my other family members just who were concerned. My mother-in-law was quite a concern about the whole process just because she I mean, it's it's her son and her her grandkids and me and she wanted to make sure everyone was as safe and taken care of as possible but uh yeah definitely went through those in my head but had two uh two healthy ones was hoping that this would be the same and yeah. it was so so your kids were quite young when you went ahead with surrogacy were they yes so they were they would have been four and a half and just about two yeah yeah right right when it came to choosing who you want to carry for 
Was that just your choice alone, or did you discuss it with your husband Mike as well? Oh yeah, no, I. Uh, it was actually that was really the only the only profile I showed him was Mark and Damien's because they were the ones that I immediately felt felt a connection with. Like I I went through many 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 of them myself, but uh, these this theirs was the only one that I sent to him and my family, and they were like, yeah, yeah they seem really they seem really nice. And, yeah, yeah. Had you always wanted yeah. to carry for a gay couple, or, or did you look at both profiles? I I did look at both. Yeah, like I like I said in my uh, little profile thing fairly strong advocate for the lgbtq community so i wanted yep. to kind of there's just there's just so much hate in the world and i was just trying to balance it out by doing something something nice for for a lovely couple that, that deserved it yeah no, that's really nice i mean a big question people always ask me is look do you switch off psychologically from thinking this is my child when you when you're carrying someone else's baby how do you do that i was very curious to how that would how that would go i think it's 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 really important for for surrogates to be done their uh be done having their own children i think that's mm-hmm. major 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 i think that would be if i was if we were even considering a third i would have i would have done that first before going through this because that would be that would be very very difficult yeah. psychologically if you even were considering having another having another kid but uh mike and i were absolutely 100 110 percent sure we're done it too so it not once did i feel like oh maybe we could have another one or or like just any any like maternal connection like i i was i took care of it as as it would be my own but not once was i like oh like felt like heartbreak for another baby yeah Megan, do you find the journey emotional like you sort of said you didn't get emotionally involved with the baby that you didn't feel like that it was yours can you tell us a bit about that journey emotionally? It was mostly, mostly just the whole thing was just beautiful the way everything worked out. It was just for for the first transfer to take successfully for the the support I received from from the intended parents just checking in and just for for me personally it was just fascinating being able to to do this for somebody. I was it was just a very it was a cool opportunity to to teach my my girls about about how other families are made like t- teaching adults how other families are made because it was it was just it was a lot to i live in a very small town so uh, a lot for people to wrap their heads around but for me emotionally i was i'm a pretty level-headed person so i uh yeah it was just just beautiful and i enjoyed it up until the last month which was <laughs> it was it was a bit of a challenge but yeah just was it hard having caring for a couple who's so far away? Did that make it more difficult? I mean, I, I don't really have much to compare it to. I wish, uh, like, if <laughs> felt very, very connected with them, even though they were very far away. I felt we communicated regularly. I updated them on every appointment that I went to, any updates, any like sent them like recordings of the, the heartbeat and they'd send me videos of their daughter and where they live. And so I felt like I already knew them when they, when they got here, it was, uh, it was very cool. Yeah. Great. But you actually, because I assume because of distance, you didn't actually meet them until the end of the process in person. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they got here. Uh, 
<laughs> both of my both of my girls were early. One of them was almost a month early, and I was having some signs that uh, that this baby could very well be early near the end. So they they flew here <laughs> early, uh, so we got to spend a little bit of extra time before he arrived two days late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how how do you get to know each other at a distance up up in the front part of the relationship? Do you do Zoom calls or, or what kind of things do you do? We did. So we we did a handful of. WhatsApp video chats, and then we we generally use um, WhatsApp for communication and just just sending messages and updates regularly. It was uh, yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. cool. We can feel so connected to somebody across the world. It's yeah, it's pretty yeah, handy. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of issues you've got to discuss with these arrangements sort of up front. I mean. Around issues like termination and expressing milk and colostrum and those kind of things. How did you go with the conversation about colostrum and expressing milk? Was it something that you were prepared to do? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, we had we had all conversations about yeah if uh, if there was multiples, we talked about selective reduction. We talked about if I would be pumping for them. Yeah, colostrum. I yeah, I was. I'm very much an open book with. Uh, well, anyone that would ask about this, but but especially them, just making sure that if that was something they wanted, I'm I was definitely up for it. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I did. I didn't end up pumping them, pumping for baby baby Hudson while he was here for the month. It was it was pretty neat. Yeah, it's great. And maybe can you tell us a bit about the birth with the the couple there and when Hudson was born? Yes. So it was. I ended up, I ended up um, basically insisting that the the hospital break my water because I could not bear to be pregnant anymore. <laughs> so, and they luckily were staffed enough that day, and I had my sister with me who was supposed to be at my past two births with her nieces, but missed the first one because she was so early. Missed the second one because of COVID. So. I wanted her to be one of my support people. And I actually ended up hiring a doula this time as well, just because I wasn't sure how how it would really go emotionally for me during like during the their birth process. And like not having my husband there would be would be a little different. And then the two the two dads were both in the room and then their their daughter came in shortly after he was born and got to got to meet him. So there was there's a it was a party in there. It was <laughs> it was beautiful lovely so explain to me to people what a doula does some people aren't familiar with doulas and it'd be good to talk about that a bit yes so doulas are are basically emotional and physical support people during during your labor and delivery so they're not they're not midwives but they work very closely with midwives and uh, they're there to offer uh, yeah physical hands-on support if you need they're they're quite good with if you need um if you're having back labor they'll like they'll they know all the pressure points. They'll they'll do, do massage and uh, just uh, just to offer emotional support because you've it's the most intense thing you'll ever go through. And sometimes the the partners, if it's uh, if it's a male partner, they don't they don't fully understand what what the woman is is actually going through that moment. So just being able to kind of be there for her and and psych her up if she's trying to say she can't do this, she can't do this. They'll just uh, they're just. It was it was amazing. I'm very very glad she was there. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd recommend it for other surrogates thinking about carrying having a doula there? Absolutely. She was she was fantastic. It was just even just little little things that they've, they've just they've seen so many births. They have so much experience, and for someone who's constantly there for 
for you the entire time. Like she, she managed to get all these beautiful photos of us as well during, uh, during the labor and delivery. And uh, to me, it felt like she was there the entire time, like just with like a hand on my back, like the whole time, but somehow she was doing all these other things too. So it was. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. What about contact with, with Hudson and, and his dad's post birth? Did you talk about sort of what you wanted there or what would work for you would work for those guys? Yeah, yeah. So we we went over that as well. I I requested if um, if it was okay with them, obviously that uh, that he be on me just for even the first like 10, 15 minutes while they they'll do the the uterine massage. Uh, just helps with just the skin to skin for me mm. would help help shrink the uterus down and help with uh, mm. less bleeding and and that. So that was that was important to me just to for my safety really. Mm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't an emotional thing, but, and then as soon as, as soon as that was done, and then basically until the placenta was out and then I, uh, Damien cut the cord and we passed him on. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It was an induced delivery, but not a cesarean. Is that right? It was not a cesarean. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any transfers that didn't work? I know a lot of surrogates we talked to, you know, have had three or four or five transfers before they had success. What, what happened in your case? So I discussed with with Mark and Damien right at the beginning. I said, uh, just with with timing of everything, I said because I got to I actually got married like the month before we were supposed to do the uh, the first transfer. But I I did tell them that I would if the first one didn't take that I would that I would try a second time, and then after that, if that didn't if that didn't take, we would we'd reevaluate after that. Yeah, and there was a complication, wasn't there? Could you actually were having do the transfer done in the USA rather than Canada? Because the embryos were in the US, weren't they? Yes, yes. Lots of lots of moving parts to this. So I, I did fly to fly to San Diego to do the transfer. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. just uh, for for them, I was for them financially, I was happy it took the first time because that's not uh <laughs> not cheap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. I mean, some people w- w- worry about whether you're gonna just Bond with a child you're carrying, you know, psychologically. I mean, how do you stop yourself doing that sort of natural bonding that sort of women do? Is is it just a mental thing? Uh, I think a lot of it. I I went in with the headspace of this is this is not my child. It never it never was. And just being able to to talk to my talk to my girls about it and read. We've got books on surrogacy, so just never referring to him as our baby. He was always Izzy's. Izzy's brother or Mark and Damien's baby or the baby. It was never, yeah. never our baby. And yeah, it just, just with that, with that headspace, I, I was, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, yeah, that's great. I don't know, yeah. level headed with it. For people who don't understand how the Canadian system works, I mean, as you and I know, it's an altruistic system. So how does the expenses part of it work? Because you have got to still cover your, your sales expenses. So was there just a monthly payment that comes through from the agency for that? How's that happen? Yeah. Yeah, so with the with the agency that I'm working with, I submit receipts to uh, to my monthly report. I guess it would be, mm-hmm. and then they'd they would reimburse me at the end of each month for expenses. Yep, got it, got it. Okay, just so that makes sure you're not out, out of pocket for anything, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I assume you know you can put expenses in for all kinds of things like childcare and healthcare, massages, chiropractic, that kind of thing. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because I mean, there's there's extra calories that you need 
during pregnancy, so they'll so they'll cover some percentage of groceries. I live I live about forty five minute drive from the city where Hudson was born and where my main care was, my uh, prenatal care. So mileage was uh, was a big one too. Yep, yep, yep. Sure, Kira, you got some other questions as well. Sure, I have. So, Megan, it sounds like you had a pretty good pregnancy or a great one. It sounds like it was a really joyful experience. Share how how intended parents can support surrogates through the journey. It sounded like Mark and Damien did a pretty good job. Can you give us some examples of what people can do? Yes, they were they were fantastic. Just just checking in. We discussed at the beginning how like how often do you want to talk? And it was I was like just let's just let it be let it be natural. But a, a lot of surrogates will need a little bit more a little bit more support. I I think because I've like I've got a very very good good support team here with my my family. So I was. I was very well taken care of, but just just for the intended parents, just to even check in and to say, how are you? Like, how are you really? And be like, be genuinely invested in how the surrogate's doing. Because there's there's some days where pregnancy is, yeah, it's just straight up hard. Which yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't rainbow and sunshine every day. Rainbow and sunshine every day for me. Like there was there was definitely some tough days, and just for them, like sending me sending me flowers like was just a small thing or sending like sending my girls like like a, a couple a couple toys and like just just knowing that they're they're thinking of us and they're genuinely concerned and concerned for my well-being and my family's well-being and just a way to show that they that they care <laughs> yeah yeah so communication yeah and i assume your partner's also a big part of this until helping you out around the house too is part of the process isn't he Yes, he's he's fantastic. I don't think I would have been able to do this if I didn't have as a, as a supportive supportive partner as Mike. There's a lot of single mothers that do this, and I'm honestly not sure how they do it. Like it, this is yeah. it's a it's a huge, huge, huge thing. So I, a supportive partner is is key in for me. Yeah, for sure, easy. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Megan, I wonder how much yoga and your philosophy about life supported you during the pregnancy and obviously your, your decision to become a surrogate in the first place. Is there anything you want to share about that? Uh, yes. So for, I mean, for me, it, it's just, I've always, I've always wanted, I've always enjoyed doing, doing nice things for people. And then I, I took my yoga teacher training about three years ago, three years ago now, maybe four years ago. And just just talking about your your life's purpose and basically just being the best human that you can. And I I was given a gift of being able to carry and birth babies very safely and and uh, very well. So I uh, yeah, and I I like making people happy. And it's just I've I'm so grateful for the life that I have. Like gratitude is a huge huge part of yoga. Um, and I, I'm just so grateful. And I have a beautiful family. I've my my sister lives next door to me. My mom lives down the road. I live in a tiny little mountain resort town. I get to ski and bike and snowboard, and I'm healthy and just grateful for everything I have. And a lot of people aren't able to have have those things. And just being able to do something major for for a couple that can't that couldn't physically have a baby without my help was something that I felt pretty strongly about. Yeah, no, that's really lovely. Mm -hmm. Megan, one of the things that 
as you know, lots of people do is what's called independent surrogacy, where they don't use an agency and try and yeah. manage it themselves. You went through an agency. I mean, what was it? Was it much easier for you having the agency support than than not having it? Do you think? As uh, as a first time surrogate, I would. I, I think it was incredibly helpful to have someone in the middle as a liaison, just especially with with how complicated this one was. Like I, I don't live next door to the fertility company, a company like it was, or next door to the uh, the yeah. fertility center. Yeah. So it was just with the the process of setting up the travel, getting to like I had to drive to Kelowna a couple times for uterine lining checks um which Kelowna is about almost three hours away from here driving so a couple Mm -hmm. trips there just questions about like what can I expense everything to do with the lawyers just having someone in the middle there as well just because everything was very very new to me if I was a second time surrogate I would be more open to an independent independent journey but for first time, I it was extremely helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can imagine it would have been. And they sort of help you find a lawyer who can help represent you in the process, do they? They did. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Kerry, any more questions your side? My last one, just if it had any general advice for women thinking about becoming a surrogate. My genuine advice would be to have, if not a supportive partner, to have at least one, two, three four people that will advocate for you and be there for you physically, emotionally, mentally, such a major, major, major event that that you're taking on. And yeah, so definitely support and definitely know what, what she wants out of the, the surrogacy, just how she, how she, or express, to be able to express what she wants to see the surrogacy as like, be very clear on her on what she, yeah, the communication she wants from her IPs and how she would, how she needs to be supported. And also to be as physically and emotionally strong as possible, because your body is going to change so, so, so much. And, and if you're not strong going in, it's going to be tougher to recover. And if you're not strong going in mentally, it's probably going to make it worse. So to be able to be quite, quite healthy mentally as well, I think is huge yep no that's really great advice i love it Uh, thank you so much for sharing megan it's great really good to have a chat with you excellent yeah we hope you enjoyed this episode for further information please head to the growing families website www.growingfamilies.org